Hi, this is Amanda from the Elish Folk. Last episode, Dave apologized for some sound issues because of the wind, and he said it wouldn't happen again. Well, guess what? He lied. I promise I will punish him accordingly. Again, apologies for the wind, but I promise the content is cool. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Owlish Folk, a podcast that answers questions about the English language. I'm Amanda, and with me is Dave, who has a foibless for jelly candy. <laughs> I do, I do. What is a foibless? It is a noun that means a distinctive fondness for something. Oh, I do. How did you even know? Uh, because I often give you jelly candies and you say how much you love jelly candies and then I end up buying you more jelly candies and then you have a tummy ache. You see me eat a whole bag of gummy bears that were meant for my daughter, right? I have. And then puke afterwards. I didn't see that. Did they make you elumbate it? I don't know. They may have done. Weaken the loins. Weaken the loins, yeah, definitely. Are they really your favorite candy though? Uh... My favorite, probably uh, the classic gummy bear. Yeah. Yeah, those are good. Yeah, and you can eat an entire bag before you're sick, which is which is important. <laughs> anyway, Dave, what is today's question? Today's question is, why do we use plural forms for some animal groups and not for others? So I guess this is referring to, um, we might talk about birds. Oh, there are some birds over there, but we wouldn't talk about sheep. Mm. There I are... see some sheeps. Yeah, yeah. We might say, <laughs> "Oh, look, look at those birds," yes. but we wouldn't say, "Look at those sheeps." Mm, we would right. say, "Sheep" yes. in singular form. And this comes down to a few different things. It does take us uh, back to uh, hunting and hunting terms and game. Mm. So I guess we'll talk about that. That sounds good. Let's go. <laughs> That is interesting about animal names is the singular form and the plural form. Yeah, the plural forms seem very uh, irregular. There doesn't seem to be a common pattern. So we think of plurals in English, generally we just add an S or right. an ES at the end and that tells us there's more than one of them. So for example, horse, horses. Mm. But for animals, there are four different groups. So. The first is to change vowels from goose to geese. Second, pluralize them by adding an en, ox to oxen. Or as my husband likes to say, fox to foxen. <laughs> <laughs> what? But he has a good point, right? Yeah, because he does have a good point. Goose, geese, mm. moose, moose, right? Yeah. So it is very inconsistent. You said the adding an s or yeah. an es form. Yes. But also, the last one is the same singular and plural noun, which you just said, moose. So there's four different categories. Let's have a quick look at some of these then. So right. the first category was uh, changing the vowels. Yes. So that would be like mouse to mice. Mice. And louse. Lice. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and goose. Geis. Oh my. Goose to geese, right? Yes. Um, Right. Now, I am going to take the opportunity with the word goose. I was reading an excerpt from a book today from the Horologicon by Mark Forsyth. 
and I laughed so hard I started crying. So I'm going to read this passage that talks about a goose. This is about going to the bathroom. And after you're going to the bathroom, what should you use to wipe yourself? So this comes from a document from 1653. I say and maintain that of all torquetules, arse whips, bum fodders, tail napkins, bunghole cleansers, and wipe breeches, that there is none in the world comparable to the neck of a goose that is well downed if you hold her head betwixt your legs. And believe me, therein upon mine honor, for if you will thereby feel in your knock hole a most wonderful pleasure, both in regard of the softness of the said down and of the temperate heat of the goose. Oh my word, I am going to have that framed and mounted in my bathroom. But I cannot believe that somebody would wipe themselves with a goose neck. Was the goose alive? I don't know. I don't care. It's the neck of a goose. I very much care. <laughs> I don't well, care. It's alive or not. Geese are uh, <sighs> notoriously aggressive. Yes. But she, he calls the geese, the goose, her or she. Now, that does imply to me a live goose. <laughs> I guess you could make that point. So next was adding en. That's right. So that would be ox, oxen, right? This is something we find in other really old words, words with a long history in English. So man, men, woman, mm. woman, child, child children. children. So uh, it must come from that same uh, heritage. So then we've got, what's the next one? Same singular? Yes, yeah, same singular and plural noun. So bison, one bison or many bison, one moose, many moose. This is, yeah, these are called zero plurals. Hmm. These words, zero plural words. The general pattern kind of seems to be hunted animals sometimes have these zero plurals. Uh, it might refer to very old words. So deer and sheep are really old. Some of them may be from uh, German. But really, there's no there's no certain reason why some words have zero plurals. And in the end, what people use becomes mm. the fashion of the day. And it doesn't there doesn't have to be a clear pattern. Mm. It's just whatever's popular becomes right uh, through virtue of being popular. That's such a weird aspect of language. It's if everybody says it, then it's yeah, it's right. It's popular. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, same with the spelling. If everyone writes it mm. a certain way, it's right, even if it seems absurd. Yeah, and. Do you have anything else for that? Yes. Uh, lexicographer Eric Partridge called these snob plurals. Oh my. Because taking away the S, using the zero plural, makes you f seem like you're a hunter. And it goes right back oh, to the term of venery. Um, if you use the zero plural, then you're mm. probably more familiar with these animals, so familiar mm. that you don't need to pluralize them. Uh, so it makes you seem like you're uh, an expert or maybe upper crust because you hunt these animals. But do you think if you met someone they used a snob plural, you would see them as a snob? Or I, would you just think, because I wouldn't see them as a snob, I would think, maybe I would be insecure and be like, oh, I didn't know that, I'm, I'm wrong, I use that incorrectly, I wouldn't. I'm gonna tell you where this way. does make me feel someone's a snob, right? Okay. <clears throat> uh, I love watching movies, sometimes I call them films, but somebody might say, oh, I love film, 
rather than films. And I think that is a snob plural. Well, I say that I like silent film. Yeah, snob plural. Oh, I'm a snob. Yeah. But that's just what I was... Well, I, I guess it is snob plural because that's what I was taught to say when I studied film as my minor in undergraduate mm. school. Yeah. But it it's sort of elitist because it, it shows that you're an expert in this mm. and you're a step removed from the, the hoi ploy. The well, don't be like rude. Me. I am an expert. How well, yes, dare you? Yes, exactly. And as a just a, a lay person fan of films, mm, yeah. I would just pluralize it. I wouldn't use the snob plural because I haven't been in the domain where that would I be see. used. Okay, S or E S. Uh, I don't really have much to add for that, but that would be dog dogs. Cat, I have cats. something really strange. Okay. So, I found that there are some words cod and shrimp and salmon. So, some people would keep the same singular and plural noun for those words the same. So you would say, I have one cod or three cod. Or they would say cods or shrimps or salmons. But isn't that strange? Because I wouldn't say I have some salmons in my freezer. No, because you would, you would say plural, I have some salmon, yeah. You would make plural the amount or, you know, the other noun, the container. I have a bag of shrimp. I have three pounds of shrimp. Yeah, maybe things that live in water we can talk about as a... As a, a, a mass now? Didn't you have something to say though? You mentioned rabbits. You would say a pet. Yeah, so with rabbits, yeah. yes, it definitely you would say, oh, I have two rabbits with mm. the S on the end right. if they're your pets. But if you're hunting them, you have rabbit. But I wonder if this goes back to a meat thing. So mm. when you think of something as meat, you wouldn't say, uh, I bought two fried chickens. You yes. would say, I bought fried chicken. Yes. Because you don't really count it because you imagine it being chopped up and, mm. and devoured. Uh, and the same with fish in the freezer. Right. You might have whole fish in the freezer, but you see it as meat to be distributed mm. in portions. And That's uh, a good point. Yeah, maybe that's how that works. Um, I wouldn't say I ate lambs or a lamb right. because I wouldn't have a whole one and I wouldn't know where the beginning of one lamb was <laughs> and where the end of the other was. It would just I be... would. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's where it comes from. And then when you hunt the animals, you just see them as meat, so mm. you don't need to pluralize them. I never say cods and I don't say salmons, but I do know that people say shrimps. I would, yeah, I suppose I would say shrimps if they were on the barbecue and then someone might say, oh, how many shrimps are left? Because you're going to have to count them, right? Right. Oh, there are six shrimps. There are six shrimps? Well, maybe that's because shrimp are individual pieces. You're not going to mm. share a piece of shrimp with somebody. Yes. Where if you have a big piece of salmon, mm. you can cut it up into fillets. Right? So they would be pieces of salmon. I don't know though. That's why we're discussing. Yeah, another thing on this, right? On numbers of animals. Now I would say two, uh, let's say pheasants. Right. Two pheasants, but not two pheasant. However, if you're hunting, you wouldn't say two. You would say a brace. So you would say, I have a brace of pheasant. And a brace is a, is, is a couple of them. Okay, any, any other things that you would add here? Well, with the word fish, some people say fishes, but that is used to talk about different types of fish. Honestly, I only know fishes in one context. Oh, what is that? The Bible story. Oh, uh, that's uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. The feeding of the right. 5,000. Mm -hmm. Jesus had five loaves mm -hmm. of bread and two fishes. And it's always fishes in the story. It's not yeah. two fish. It's two fishes. Mm -hmm.
So I've got a couple of things about game. Let's hear them. I'm interested. Game comes from uh, Old English gammon, meaning joy, fun, merriment. It was used in the Middle Ages for uh, animals that were hunted for sport because that was how people got their kicks, they, how they enjoyed themselves or had fun. Game birds, ducks, pheasant, other animals, uh, deer, warthogs. Warthogs. War <laughs> warthogs. Warthogs. So these were all game because you hunted them, it was kind of a game or a sport. They're also, when we hunt them, they are our quarry. And really? quarry comes from old French, quarry, oh. which means entrails. Oh my. So quarry, oh interesting, okay. And quarry, yeah, quarry. Ooh did mean in entrails it was used in falconry to describe the bird being pursued by a falcon and a lot of terms come from falconry which i will get into in can i just say i want to interrupt yeah i really want to learn falconry i wonder where we could do it do you have any falcons i do not i read a really wonderful book h is for hawk and it was about this woman who was interested in falconry and uh, to deal with the death of her father, she had a new a new falcon and trained it. And it's just awesome story. It describes a lot of these terms really, and just mm -hmm. if you're interested in birds like I am, it was a great book. H for hawk, really good. H for hawk. Mm. Uh, so quarry was used to describe the bird being pursued, um, but it uh, was later used to describe a reward given to any hunting animal, as a, like a reward for catching the thing they were looking they were hunting for. So dogs would be given quarry, which was the entrails of a deer they might have caught uh, as a reward for catching the deer or um, any scraps of meat that your hunting bird might get as a reward for catching rabbit. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Not nice, but I like it. It's interesting, right? It became Ooh. a general term for any animal or bird being hunted, any prey. And even now, if we were to hunt the most elusive game of all, man, <gasps> we would call them our quarry. So there are other words from falconry, and there were lots of them, but we'll just get into a couple. Fed up comes from falconry. Oh, okay. Yeah, the falcons had to be hungry in order to be effective hunters. Mm, so they if they'd eaten already, up. they wouldn't hunt. So because they were fed up, they'd already eaten their fill. That's cool. Isn't that brilliant? Now it describes anyone who's done anything more than they really want to, <laughs> and they're not willing to do it anymore. I'm fed up with that. Callow used to describe a young falcon means bald or hairless or um, and a young falcon had fewer feathers or no feathers was bald and inexperienced and now it just means anyone who is inexperienced or naive callow yeah on the other end of the spectrum we've got from callow to haggard yes okay haggard was so what do you think of with haggard an old man with long scraggly hair and worn tan skin something like that okay so somebody who's a bit weatherbeaten yes okay maybe uh haggard could be how you feel if you've had a late night yes uh you you work roll, too hard yeah you mm. work too hard or you drink too much yes. and you rock home at four in the morning mm -hmm. and you you're a haggard yes and, uh so it kind of describes an appearance but it originally meant a falcon that was wild caught rather than raised in captivity oh they were caught at the end of the migration period so they were scrawny and skinny and malnourished they were um, bedraggled, tired, worse for wear, and they were easier to catch in that state. So the word haggard was used to describe these birds that were caught from the wild, but it very quickly became attached to the appearance of these birds, haggard. And then anyone with kind of that uh, uh, shabby appearance might be haggard. That's a good one. Which leads to hag. Hag. And I thought, oh, haggard, mm. hag, like an 
old hag or mm -hmm. someone maybe from a Shakespearean right. story mm -hmm. who has a an older an old woman with a certain like appearance. Like witches in Macbeth. Like a witch, yes. Doesn't come from the same root. It it's not a shortening of haggard, no, but it comes from <coughs> Old English hagtes or hagtes, meaning a witch or a sorceress. If we hunt an animal, it is also prey. And prey comes from the about the 13th century and it comes from Old French, which would have come over during the Norman invasion. Mm -hmm. The Old French prairie, meaning an animal that is hunted or things that are taken during war. Oh. Prey would have been anything yes, you, you okay. wanted to take, like you looted or pillaged uh, during a war. Uh, now we think of it as anything or anyone that we, that we hunt. Oh my, I'm starting to feel a little bit depressed right now. Do you have anything more upbeat? <laughs> uh, no. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening, and if you have questions or comments, you can reach us on social media at The Owlish Folk, or send an email to theowlishfolk at gmail.com. Many thanks to Hassenpfeffer for the music, Mew Media for the artwork, and here's an enthusiastic high-five to Jeff at Central Sun and Picture.